Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for Media Reuse at www.dbidshub.net. Unit USACE NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The forced mute function may not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. Uh, please make sure that you also use the mute function in the WebEx. Um, module as well. The agenda for today's call is as follows. From the NOAA National Center for Environmental Information, Mr. Doug Cluck. From the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, Mr. Kevin Lau. And from the Missouri River Water Management Division, we will have uh, Mr. John Remus, Mr. Mike Swenson, Mr. Ryan Larson. With that, I will hand it over to Doug Cluck. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks to the Corps uh, for hosting this and, and, and the invitation. And also thank you to all of you on the phone or whatever we're called anymore, the webinar. So, um, yeah, my name is Doug. I sit in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, representing NOAA along with Kevin on this call. Um, let's go to the next. Uh, by the way, I have pictures from Rosebud, in case anybody cares. Back in December, I just figured. If you hadn't seen snow lately, which we haven't down here in Kansas City very much this year, it's uh, sort of an interesting picture nonetheless. Um, next slide, please. <clears throat> All right, so um, I included a couple extra slides here just to give us a little perspective on, uh, I have to shut my phone off real quick. There we go. Uh, a little perspective of what it's been like this winter, uh, December through February in terms of temperature on the left, and precipitation on the right. Uh, temperature, uh, you see the rankings there out of 128 years uh, for the states. And you can pick out your favorite state there or where you live or what you care about. But you can generally see, other than Missouri, um, uh, temperatures, temperature rankings for the states uh, have been sort of modest, I guess is the best way to say it. Near average for the most part, this when you average it all out. Um, um, nothing really high, nothing really low, again, except for Missouri, which especially in eastern Missouri, they saw, we've seen a lot of warm, warmer temperatures. Obviously, in the eastern part of the U.S., it's been very, very warm, a very, very warm winter, and in the west, a relatively cool one, um, but again, not off the scales by any means. On the right, maybe more importantly, or definitely more importantly, I guess, is the state precipitation ranks. The higher that number is, the closer it is to the wettest it's ever been. And Wisconsin, in this particular case, takes the cake, saying uh, for that three-month period, it's never been wetter in Wisconsin. What I sort of want to draw your attention to, though, is that, if you will, line or track from California, where they've had incredible amounts of precipitation, all the way sort of east and northeast uh, into our region, into the Missouri Basin, where things have been better. Uh, 
um, in the plains, uh, Nebraska, South Dakota, well, almost everywhere, um, not so much Montana, but anyway, uh, more precipitation than normal during that period. Uh, it is a dry time of the year for us. Uh, so when we talk about above normal precipitation, it may not equate to uh, the same amount by any means as, as you would get in April, May, June in the same area. Okay, let's move on to the next slide, excuse me. So this is just looking at February last, last month. Same thing uh, on the left temperatures, again, fairly modest. And on the right, um, uh, there's precipitation ranks. Um, really only Iowa kind of stands out there as being um, relatively wet um, for a state level view. Let's go to the next, next slide. So, so if we look down all the way into the county level, we can kind of see uh, where it's been. Well, on the left, first of all, is February, and on the right, maybe more importantly, is the December through February, again, rankings. Wherever you see that really dark green color, dark, the darkest color, um, those are record wettest counties for those particular counties, record wettest. And then the next shading up is, is much above normal. So very much like the other map I showed, I just wanted to get this down to the county level to give, give you guys some clue of where in those states we saw this heavy uh, precipitation uh, realized. So you, uh, you, you can make out where uh, South Dakota, for example, had a number of counties with uh, record precipitation uh, during that period. All right, next slide. And another view of temperature on the left, precipitation on the right, just a different way of looking at this more on a gridded basis. So on the left, the temperature since October 1st, this is our water year. I've, I've talked about this a little bit more, but this is when we start keeping track of, in October 1st, by the way, is when we start keeping track of, especially in the mountains, um, um, total amounts of snow accumulation and all those kinds of things. So since October 1st on the left, uh, this is our temperature uh, uh, um, temperature graphic showing uh, temperatures for the most part over the Missouri Basin um, being below slightly below normal to a little bit more like moderately below normal as you go west, and not not a big surprise there um, to the east, um, especially down in Missouri, like like we mentioned earlier, uh, kind of warmish. Um, on the right is the percent of normal precipitation. Now, um, this goes all the way back to October 1st. And if you remember October, November, it was pretty darn dry. The whole fall was pretty dry and we were all worried. Um, well, we still are, but uh, more worried back then um, that we're gonna, if we started missing precipitation events in, uh, in the winter, we'd be really up the creek, so to speak. So where you see purples and greens, that's above normal for that period. That's almost, uh, how many months is that? Uh, three plus two. So that's five, a little over five months. Um, and then, but you also see some oranges and some yellows and some reds, which indicate well below normal, especially down in Kansas and Nebraska, um, even, with, even with some of that really heavy snowfall. But again, we're, we're including uh, October and November into this. So that, that's a, a little bit of a different, period than what we looked at with December through um, February. So we still have some problem spots. And, you know, if you go back, I think I, it was January where we went back and looked at a total deficit over the last uh, 
three, two, three, and well, one, two, and three years, uh, we have a large deficit to make up uh, if we want to get back to sort of even, um, if you will. So, uh, not out of the woods yet in terms of dryness, but let's move on. And yes, it's January 1st, same image, same type of images on the left is temperature. Greens tend, greens and blues and purples tend to be below normal. You can see that Wyoming has really been chilly. And then uh, um, some other areas, uh, this is in, again, since January 1st, some other areas, especially in the Eastern part and a little bit on the North uh, above normal in terms of temperature. You can kind of see where the snow is on the ground and has been consistently on the ground for quite a while uh, in the Dakotas and then back, of course, west, um, that has been cooler than normal. And then on the right, you can see where, for the most part, that snow was based on uh, the big snows were, and some of this is rain, don't get me wrong, uh, 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 from Wyoming east into Nebraska and uh, northeast Colorado and other places. So some places have really had good recovery uh, to, for the most part in terms of uh, drought recovery. Um, some worrisome spots, maybe uh, uh, up to the north, and of course down in um, in Kansas, still not getting what they need. Next slide. Okay, and then um, I think others are going to harp on this a little bit, so I'll be quick. Um, these are the percent of normal for this time of year uh, in terms of snowpack, if you will, in the Rockies that feed uh, the Missouri River, and pretty good. I, and we talked about this already, but it's not surprising to see those numbers being up over 120, 130% of normal in, in uh, Wyoming, where there's a great snowpack, uh, a little bit less to the north, but it above, uh, near to above normal, uh, all the way up uh, uh, almost to the ca Canadian border there. And then the other image I have there on the right is what it was a month ago. So I guess a little change, but not much. Um, the snowpack's holding in there. Next slide. Um, and then again, you'll see this too. This is where the snow is on the ground, uh, more or less across the, the the upper basin. There's not much in Nebraska anymore, and point, points south, but um, pretty hefty snowpack in, in the Dakotas, and a little bit across the Montana and in um, other places on the plains. Next slide. Um, here's a couple of views of soil moisture uh, on the um, on the left. This is sort of deeper, deeper soil moisture deficits or um, above normal or below normal. The red indicates below yellow indicates below normal and, and sort of um, areas that we need to fill up in terms of getting better runoff. So, uh, you know, you're not going to get runoff in southwest uh, Kansas right now, or maybe not even western um, Nebraska because the deficits are so large. And you can see that on the right map too, which is an, a, another indicator more closer to the surface. Uh, we do think a lot of the snows that are out there, uh, depending upon how they melt off, you know, if it, if it all comes off in a day or two, a lot of it won't infiltrate. But um, um, the freezing level in the soils uh, is, uh, is, is relatively, is relatively well, not not deep and thick. So we we do expect some of the some of the water when it melts to uh, infiltrate into the soils, which is great. Uh, but that'll take up some of the runoff too. What we don't want to see is five inches of rain on top of well, whatever snowpack we have up there, because 
um, that could lead to issues. And other people will talk about that, I'm sure. Um, next slide. Uh, this is the outlook through 316, um, actually about um, in the morning of 316. So the next seven days, total amount of <clears throat> predicted uh, precipitation. You can see California is getting walloped again, uh, incredible amounts of snow uh, uh, forecast. And a lot of that will translate into the mountains, um, into the mountain, inner mountain west, and even some, some into the Missouri Basin, um, higher elevations. Uh, and then you see this sort of uh, area across North Dakota and sort of going south and east of heavier precipitation. We're talking, we're talking around an inch or so for a lot of those areas. So I guess that's all good. It's not too heavy, not, and, and kind of keeps up the, uh, the track of uh, precipitation, but there's a lot of areas not getting a lot of rain during a seven day period as, or precipitation during this period as well. Um, and yeah, let's go to the next slide. The, uh, the, the week two outlook uh, on the left shows that there is a higher probability of below normal temperatures, that blue color, for the entire uh, region. For the most part, this is good uh, in the fact that we're not seeing a, 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 a lot of heat coming and uh, a lot of melt happening very fast. Uh, keeps it cool, uh, slow melt, if you will, in some places. We do need it to melt and we don't want it to wait until uh, later in the year to really melt off because uh, there's a better chance of getting heavy precip by then. And then on the right uh, is the precipitation probability. You see the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, confidence is in the Southwest US to be wet. Uh, as we move towards the Missouri basin though, um, there are some prob higher probabilities in the Southwest portion of the basin, but near normal for the rest. Next slide. And then for March, the rest of March, really, um, this seems to be, these maps seem to be pretty, pretty close to what, what will likely happen. But there's the monthly outlook for, um, for the U.S. with below normal temperatures, again, to our, well, really for the whole basin, or at least there's a higher probability of uh, uh, below normal uh, temperatures for most of the basin, centered, by the way, in, in the upper, upper basin with that highest probability up there in Montana. And then um, in terms of precipitation, also sort of westward leaning as well as Ohio River Basin leaning with some very slight elevated probabilities of, of higher precipitation across the Dakotas and, and such. Um, not, not necessarily Nebraska South, by the way. So next slide. And there's a March through May, March, April, May, uh, temperature precipitation outlook um, for the U.S. and shows that below normal leaning. I'll say it's not strong, not a strong indicator for below normal temperatures across the Northwest, and really not a lot to write home about in terms of precipitation. Uh, slight, slight leaning in in Missouri, but that's about it. And then uh, next slide. Uh, this is, yeah, I threw another one in here, May, June, July, and I, I guess what I'd say is I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet a lot of money on these, but um, this is what it's showing in terms of temperature on the left, showing above normal temperature sort of across the west. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if that gets realized with the snowpack that we have, if that makes sense. And um, equal chances for the most part 
for, for for both temperature and precipitation for a large part of the basin. So near normal uh, above or below are all is 50 or a 33, 33 and 33 chance of, of those kinds of things happening, except for the uppermost basin where we're uh, sort of predicting below normal in terms of precipitation. Um, but just slightly. Next slide. It's a summation, I think. Oh, we got to do the drought thing here first. Uh, so the depiction there, the, the colored depiction of the Missouri Basin, the, the darker reds are the most severe drought. And uh, this hasn't changed incredibly over the last week or two. But uh, if you look at the map on the upper right corner, the green and yellow map, all those places that are green have shown improvement in drought. And, and if you look at where that is, and you remember back some of the uh, counties and some of the areas that were very, very wet, you can see why they have come out of drought or certainly have improved their drought uh, condition, right? So that's a 13 week look, sort of the beginning of December. From December till now, what has happened in terms of the drought monitor? In other words, how, how many categories have we improved in terms of drought? Wherever it's green, we've improved. Wherever it's yellow, it's actually degraded slightly. So not a lot of yellow, that's what we like to see a lot. Uh, zero yellow is best, but uh, more green showing improvement. <clears throat> and then finally in the lower right is the outlook through the end of May. And where you see brown and yellow is sort of persistence and growing probabilities of drought. Uh, where you see that kind of grayish and green shading, that shows improvement or, um, or even getting rid of drought in the green areas. That's the outlook of the prediction, if you will. And I did circle some of those, those values there comparing the current amount of area in the Missouri basin in drought at different levels to what it was a year ago. And really the only, uh, only one that's gone up, all the, other, all the others are down, is very slightly is the D4 level, which is, of course is the worst level of drought. But there's a little bit more thanks to, I think, thanks to that, 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 um, that bit in Nebraska and Kansas uh, that have, um, have been really hard to get rid of, I guess you could say, in terms of um, severe drought because it's been so dry there. Um, next slide. So key points, um, I guess something I haven't talked about yet is the La, La Nina has, is over. The La Nina situation that we were in has ended uh, officially. Uh, it has transitioned to a what we call a neutral state in the uh, equatorial Pacific, and the potential for El Nino is there. We're not calling for it yet. There's not a watch, if you will, for that. Um, of course, El Nino is a little bit different than La Nina, or is it, actually, it's a 180 from uh, what La Nina generally does. It calls for warmer uh, to the north, warmer than normal to the north, northern part of the U.S., and um, and it, it, a little drier up in that that area too, and sort of wetter and cooler than normal to the south. And we're really talking Texas, Florida, um, um, Arizona when we're saying cooler than normal. Um, our snowpack is pretty decent in the plains. Um, we were talking about the infiltration. Snowpack in the mountains is slightly to moderately above average, I'd say. Um, I'll be interested to see what Kevin and the core say about that. And then uh, the outlook, short-term temperatures generally below normal. Uh, it's gonna be a chilly uh, rest of March, it looks like. Precipitation continues um, 
precipitation, uh, cont there continues to be a stormy pattern, it looks like, through March. It's, it's not like we're going to calm down and get hotter or, or stay cold, or, or we are going to stay cool. Um, longer term, increased chances for below normal temperatures, far northern basin, equal chances uh, elsewhere. And precipitation in the next three months, which I'm considering longer term, is pretty much equal chances for the, for the Missouri basin, except for the state of Missouri, which is slightly enhanced chances of above normal precipitation. I'm going to stop. I will advertise our uh, webinar once again. That's going to happen on the 16th. And if you want to know more about that, you can write me or copy that down. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Doug. And we'll move over to Kevin Lau. All righty. Good afternoon, everyone. Can you hear me okay, Eileen? Sure can. Thanks. All righty. Thank you. On behalf of the National Weather Service, I, too, wish to thank the Corps for the invite to participate on this series of calls. Flood risk for this spring varies across the Missouri River Basin this year. Uh, prior to, um, or last month, I would have said we've got a reduced risk for flooding, but that's not the case everywhere now. For much of the basin, there does remain a reduced flood risk due to the ongoing drought. As I've said in previous calls, the previous uh, three water years, water years 20, 21, and 22 were the 10th driest three-year period in 125 years of record keeping. And the latest drought monitor released just this morning uh, indicated that just over half the basin remains in some category of drought. However, with a near average to perhaps a bit above average mountain snowpack and a significant plains snowpack um, has resulted in a near normal to above normal flood risk in pockets of the mountainous west and northern plains. Snowpack conditions in the mountains can be generally categorized as near normal. The exception to this would be the North Platte Basin, where we have an above normal snowpack. By this point in the winter, we have typically accumulated about 80% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. The March water supply forecast developed by our office was issued this past Sunday. The latest water supply outlook for the period April through September indicates a below normal mountain runoff year for all but the North Platte Basin. And there we are outlooking an above normal runoff year. A significant plain snowpack exists with two to four inches of snow water equivalent in the Milk River Basin, three to five inches of liquid in the North in North Dakota. In fact, I saw one report of seven inches and eastern South Dakota has snow water in the two to five inch range. Northwestern Iowa is reporting two to four inches of water equivalent. All very impressive. This plain snowpack accounts for the flood risk that does exist in the northern plains despite the ongoing drought. A brief word regarding ice jam breakup flooding. Um, though river ice remains in some of the northern plains and mountainous west uh, rivers, we do believe there is a below normal risk for ice jam breakup flooding this season. But as long as we've got ice in the river and snow on the ground, some risk remains. Our latest 90 day or three month river outlooks were issued this morning. The results are shown in the graphic that you see here. 
The 400 plus locations scattered across the basin are represented by colored dots. Green dots means no flooding is expected between now and early June. Orange, red, and purple dots indicate a better than 50% chance for flooding over the next 90 days. Risk for flooding between now through early June is dependent, of course, upon the timing and location of snowmelt, rain on snow events, and rain events. Since this outlook does go through early June, typical springtime thunderstorm activity becomes a significant driver, especially for the southern portion. As I mentioned earlier, ice jam flooding remains a possibility as we move into spring, especially in the extreme northern areas and in the mountainous west. An ice jam flood risk cannot be uh, accounted for in the graphic you see. In summary, then, we are projecting a varied flood risk across the Missouri River Basin this spring. Specifically, we are expecting minor flooding along the North Platte in the state of Wyoming. Minor to moderate flooding along the Cannonball, James, Vermilion, Big and Little Sioux in the Northern Plains. And in the Southern portion of the basin along many of the tributaries to the Missouri River in Southern Iowa, Eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri. We've already seen a couple of rounds of minor flooding in the state of Missouri during the month of February. And again, this past weekend, nothing significant, but things are wetting up in the Southern Basin. The Missouri River itself will likely see episodic on again, off again, minor flooding in certain reaches of the river stretching from Nebraska City to the mouth. Again, this is typical as springtime thunderstorm activity drives the flooding in the lower basin. Our office did issue its third spring flood outlook this morning, and you can access the text product and the graphics at the link shown on this slide. National Weather Service headquarters will issue its 2023 U.S. Spring Outlook for the entire nation next week on Thursday, March the 16th. You can simply Google U.S. Spring Outlook. Again, U.S. Spring Outlook next Thursday, probably in the afternoon to see the national report. Thank you. And this concludes the National Weather Service flood potential brief. Thank you, Kevin. And I will hand it over to John Remus. <clears throat> Thank you, Eileen, and a thank you to Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau for their insights. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. This includes ice-affected flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower river, Missouri River can and do occur. Runoff from large storms in the lower Missouri River basin cannot always be migrated can always be mitigated by the operation of the mainstream reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of water released from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be given when comparing one to another. The 
Forecasted 2023 Upper Missouri River Basin runoff, while improved from last month, is still below average for the third year in a row. Brian Larson and Mike Swenson will provide more details as to how this will likely impact operations of the system. But basically, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures through 2023 and possibly longer. The conservation measures are reduced flow support to navigation and minimal winter releases. Even with the implementation of conservation measures, more than 25% of the systems carry over multiple use storage, sometimes referred to as conservation storage, has been used to support the authorized purposes during the ongoing drought. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We operate the system to meet water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. As Kevin Lau mentioned, the threat of ice jam flooding or ice affected flooding along the main stem of the Missouri River below Gavin's Point has lessened as the river is open below Sioux City. However, winter is not over and severe and, cold, severe and sudden cold snaps are possible. The river is still ice covered in many locations in the upper basin. We will continue to monitor the river conditions and weather forecast and make operational adjustments to the extent possible. We will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System for its authorized purposes, as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. I want to again remind everyone that there will not be a Fort Peck flow test this year. Lastly, the runoff forecast and projected Reservoir release and pool elevations that Ryan and Larson and Mike Swenson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Thanks, John. Next slide. This graphic depicts the annual runoff for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa for 125 years of record keeping with a long-term drought shown in brown. The 2023 calendar year runoff forecast for the Upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 21.5 million acre feet, 84% of average, which is highlighted in red. Next slide. The below average runoff forecast for 2023 reflects the current drier than normal soil moisture in much of the basin, near average mountain snowpack and above average plain snowpack. As seen on this slide, we are expecting below average runoff during the high runoff periods of March through April typically when the plain snowpack melts, in May through July, typically when the mountain snowpack melts. Next slide. As Doug mentioned earlier, there is still widespread plain snowpack with the heaviest snowpack covering most of North Dakota and Eastern South Dakota. Large portions of that area are covered in one to five inches of snow water equivalent or SWE, with smaller areas of five to eight inches of SWE. Most of the snowpack is covering the James and Big Sioux River watersheds, which drain into the Missouri River downstream of the system of reservoirs. The plain snowpack will help replenish the soil moisture deficits, which is reflected in the drought seasonal outlook showing drought improvements and removal over much of the Dakotas. 
The snowpack typically melts from March through April, and based on the latest temperature forecast and outlooks, there will be little to no melting of the heavy plain snowpack in North Dakota and eastern South Dakota until the last half of March. However, the light snowpack in Nebraska and western South Dakota is forecasted to melt over the next week. Next slide. Mountain snowpacks accumulating at a near average rate in both reaches. The mountain snowpack is 104% of average in the above Fort Peck reach and 100% of average in the garrison to Fort Peck reach. In the two graphics shown on this slide, both reaches current snowpack is compared to the minimum and maximum snowpack over a 30-year period, 1991 through 2020. Approximately 80% of the typical snow accumulation period has occurred as of March 1st, and the mountain snowpack typically peaks in mid-April. In summary, the 2023 calendar year runoff forecast is 21.5 million acre-feet, or 84% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike to discuss system regulations. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, a couple of release notes here first. Gavin's Point releases are currently at 12,000 CFS. Releases will remain at that rate for a little over a week, and then will be stepped up beginning on or around March 18th to provide flow support for navigation. Support flows will reach the mouth near St. Louis by April 1st. Releases will be adjusted as needed to meet the downstream targets. Uh, garrison releases have been reduced from 23,500 CFS in early March to the current release of 17,500 CFS. Releases will be reduced to 16,000 CFS by Saturday this week. Conditions in the reach will continue to be monitored during the ice breakup and the plain snow melt. Uh, moving on to the monthly simulations. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the variability that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other simulations is posted on our webpage. Turning now to slide 25, system storage is currently at 46.2 million acre feet, 9.9 .9 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. Next slide. Looking at the upper three reservoirs here, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 15.4. 12.4 and 12.8 feet below the base of their respective flood control zones. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 22.23, about four feet higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 9,000 CFS this summer. Pearson Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 18.33, about five feet below the base of the flood control pool. Peak releases are expected to average about 20,000 CFS this summer. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1596, about two feet higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 28,000 CFS this summer. Next slide. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. 
The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. We are now just a few days away from March 15th and it is very likely that flow support for navigation will be at minimum service for the first part of the navigation season. For the minimum service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 24,000 CFS to 28,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation flow support season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would continue at minimum service levels after the July 1st storage check and there would be a shortening of the normal eight-month navigation flow support season of 17 days. Next slide. Energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.4 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And my last slide is the next one. Uh, this is the Missouri River Basin Weekly Update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my comments. I will turn it back to Eileen. Thank you. Um, did we have anyone from Omaha or Kansas City on to provide updates? I know is out this week with the drought update. If not, we'll uh, have them briefed by exception with questions. Hearing nothing. So the next. We can go to the questions before we do this. Okay. Go ahead and go to the questions. All right. So this slide shows the names of our speakers. We'll move to the question and answer session. That way the media can uh, get the names of their speakers, their job titles, and contact information if they need to follow up. Uh, right now we're at 60 callers. Uh, I think we were at peak at 67. Just lost another one. <laughs> um, so we'll go in alphabetical order by state. Uh, be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. Make sure that you press star six to come off mute. You may also need to mute at your computer screen um, if you use the webinar to call in. So first is State of Iowa. Kansas. Missouri, again, star six to unmute. Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, any national press or final questions before I hand it back to John? All right, John, over to you. I don't see anyone trying to unmute. 
go back to that slide, Eileen, with the schedule for the public meetings. Uh, thank you, Eileen. Um, we will not be having a call next month. Next month, uh, the first week of April, April 3rd through the 6th, we will be conducting our spring public meetings. The uh, schedule and uh, time and uh, venues are listed here. This is also posted on our website. I do encourage anyone who can and is interested to please come to these meetings. We have mixed it up or restructured it a little bit this spring. Our, Fort, our Montana meeting will not be held at the Fort Peck Visitor Center. It will be held at the uh, uh, Fort Peck Community College uh, in uh, Poplar. And we're, instead of having a Sioux City and Nebraska City meeting, we're going to combine those in Bellevue and take advantage of that time and have a, a, a second meeting in South Dakota at the Lower Brule, uh, in Lower Brule, Montana. So I encourage everybody to go there if you're at all able to or interested in, in attending this. Lastly, I'd like to thank uh, again Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau for their support. I'd like to thank everybody that got on the phone call this afternoon. And if you have any questions, you can email or call the people on the contact with that. One last time, anybody with a question or a comment, we'll be glad to hear from you. Hearing none, thank you, Eileen. Thanks, everybody, for participating. Uh, those of you who have uh, social media access or media access, we do ask that you please share the times and locations of those public meetings. Um, we always find that face-to-face uh, -face engagement is always better than um, sending emails and trying to hold meetings virtually. So we appreciate you uh, amplifying that message. And with that, we will hold this call in May and see you at our public meetings. Thank you.